2: Think Radio. This is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Butrus, Medical Director for the Center for the Advancement of Youth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Summertime and the living is easy. No schedules for the kids, but it's only three weeks until school starts. Has your child forgotten how to write like many of us did during those long, lazy summers? Are those required reading books done? Today, listen to ways to make sure your child has a good start to the school year and a fun end to the summer. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.
3: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Good morning and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today, we're talking about getting your child back into school prepared for a great start. But what I want to talk about is summertime. And the living, yeah, maybe is easy. Um, maybe you're hearing a lot of complaints about boredom and I don't know what to do. No schedules for the kids may be a good thing, but it's only three more weeks until school starts. Has your child forgotten how to write during these long, lazy summers? Are those required readings done, the books that you were supposed to do? Maybe there are only three short books or maybe one big, long one, but has it even been started? Today, let's talk about how we can make sure that your child has a good start to the school year and and still a fun end to the summer. So how do you do that? And how did you do that when you were growing up? I want to talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at org. So... Let's talk a little bit. As I was, I um, always talk with my husband before we, before I write the show, a little bit about what what went on with us when we were growing up. And he says that by the end of his summers, now keep in mind he's in his sixties, but by the end of his summers, he spent them entirely outside from early to late. Um, he didn't come inside until he could not see um, in the dark. But when he got back into school, he said he literally sometimes felt like he'd forgotten how to write. He'd have to hold his hand and remind himself how to move it to write those letters. Um, did that happen to you when you were young? Did you feel like that that you completely went off the grid as far as school? And um, so how was it difficult for you to get back in, into school? Now, when we talk about uh, making sure that—I always talk to parents about this—don't let your child's brain go to sleep during the summer. So how do you avoid that without making a child feel like they really did not get that summer break? Uh, what can you do to, to let them have that free play that we've talked about on this show before and the importance of that free play? And at the same time, uh, still work on some, say, brain building activities. So I'm asking you, what did you do when you were young? Um, or what did you do with your children when they were young and you were a young parent? Um, to, to try to make sure that that summer slide, the learning slide, didn't happen. Because the reality of all this is not just to be a mean mama or a mean daddy. But the reality is, if you enter school... And you're having a difficult time um, sitting down, listening to the teacher, learning how to concentrate, maybe learning how to write, um, then it can make it very difficult uh, for that child at the very beginning of school. Now, a lot of times teachers in some schools will sort of repeat what happened at the end of school, but not always. Not always. Some schools start on fairly new academic information at the very beginning. So I want to talk a little bit about um, why we need to make sure we engage in that free play, but at the same time, why it's important to keep developing the brain activities um, and and not to let uh, a child go into the sleep mode during the summer. So before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about right brain and left brain and making sure that as we're moving along, we have a fairly balanced brain so let me tell you, uh, your brain, I think most of you out there know this, your brain has two distinct sides, joined in the middle by, um, by, by this thing called the corpus callosum. So you have the right brain and the left brain. And in general, now, keep in mind, there's a lot of crossover in different areas of the brain, sometimes take over for other areas of the brain. We can talk about that later. But keep in mind, there is the right brain. That's a spatial side of the brain. It controls big muscles. It's connected to your body sensations and your feelings. The right brain um, is the the side of the brain that is really stimulated with physical activities, outdoor activities, social activities? It's more the creative side of the brain, um, and it's stimulated by activities that use the imagination, like um, uh, building building something outside in in the dirt, or like. Creating this great sandcastle, or um, having uh, making up some some play, or something like that, painting, or, or creating um, a novel, writing. So the right brain um, looks at the big picture skill set, uh, and so. That you you hear. So some people are going, oh, that's my side of the brain that I use the most. And it may be. You may use your right side more than your left. So let's talk about the left side of the brain and what it does. So the left side of the brain controls um, more the intricacies of things. So small muscles, small picture skills, um, really into more the problem-solving skills like math, math skills, math calculations, um, very logical side of the brain. So the left brain is the area of the brain that remembers letters and the spelling of words um, and those type skills, reading a book, playing chess, listening to classical music. Those are all left brain kind of issues. So the, the left brain typically um, operates less on any kind of emotion or sensation and operates more on um, the technical skills of things. Okay. So you have most of us uh, don't use just one side of the brain and not the other, but some of us use one side of the brain so much more than the other that one side is much more developed than the other so and and as we've talked about before as you use a skill set more you develop that that pathway or that skill set more and if you don't use something it kind of goes away so the if you don't use it you lose it Um, somewhat goes away. and You know, you say you never forget how to ride a bicycle, for example. Well, you may not forget how to turn the pedals and all, but it may take a little wobbliness and a little difficulty getting back on that bike if you haven't ridden the bike in a couple of years, right? So... As you're moving along, think about the right brain and what happens with your children in the summer and the left brain development. Now, maybe some of your children aren't exercising that creativity side, the right brain, at all this summer because all they're doing is sitting on video games, which does not encourage creativity, okay? So, Or you may have a child who is outside running, jumping, ripping, swimming, um, doing all those things, but not engaging the left brain at all. So it's important to do several things to make sure that we're engaging both sides of the brain and that we're not um, sliding back and being unprepared when we have to get back to conversation. Think about it, you as an adult, if you go on vacation for, we've talked about the value of that and how good it is to give it a rest, give your brain a rest from that real technical side, um, so that you can engage the creative side. But How hard is it sometimes when you move back in after a break, say, of a week or 10 days or even, if you're lucky, two weeks? How difficult is it to come back in to the real world and sit down and do that concentration technical work? Sometimes very hard for us. So think about what's going on in that child's brain who has taken a break for a couple of months or maybe three, depending on your school. So what we'll do now is we'll take our first break, and when we come back, I want to talk more about some of the activities that we can do toward the end of the summer to help. I'd love to hear from you as to what you have been working on with your child, what you've been doing, or what you did as a parent back in the day when you had young children at home. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven M P B ring. That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We're talking about um, what to do at the end of the summer to make sure our kids have a good start when we get back into school. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back.
1: And stick around for the rest of the show. You can always catch up by logging on
0: our website at mpbonline.org or use the MPB Public Media app on your mobile device. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission.
1: When President Trump spoke alongside President Putin in Helsinki, he undercut the work of his own Justice Department.
4: The probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all.
1: Trump's embrace of Russia and its implications this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News.
3: Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org.
2: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and this is well, Relatively Speaking... Today we're talking about how can you get your child uh, prepared for a good start for school at the end of a summer. Now I know it seems like summer just started, but we are actually only about three weeks away from most school starts. And when you're that close, it's time to start thinking about maybe what you can do better that um you haven't done this summer now you may have been keeping it loose and maybe a little bit boring for the kids or maybe they had a very exciting first start to the summer with a lot of vacation time and um beach or mountain time or whatever was exciting but but now that's all over and now what to do I think parents sometimes mistakenly think that if their child's bored during the summer, they're failing as parents, and that's not completely true. Um, And actually, a little bit of that boredom during the summer is is actually kind of a gift that you can give to your child because that daydreaming on a lazy summer day can be An opening for an imagination and doing something creative that the child may not have thought about. So we'll talk about that a little bit further as we go along, but let's go ahead and go to our first caller. We have Steve in Pontotoc. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Hey, thanks for calling. Tell us Um, your thoughts about the summer.
5: Well, I just uh, when you first started talking about your husband and stuff uh, at the beginning, it reminded me of uh, of growing up in out in Memphis. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, when I first started school, or maybe not first started, maybe the second or third grade or so, I remember um, my mother taking me to the bookmobile uh, during during the summer months, and I could pick out any book that I wanted, or you know thought I might be interested in, and that's that kind of kept um, kept me doing stuff in the in the summer. I would read. And that's kind of stuck with me all my life. Uh, as, I, as I got a little bit older, uh, we'd go actually go to the library, to the public library, and had a whole lot more books to put, pick from. And uh, I still remember some of the books that I read, uh, you know, about baseball and um, clubs and and things like that that just were interesting to me. But I wouldn't, you wouldn't read in school, but it right. kept me reading all summer long.
2: Right. That's a. I'm, I'm so glad you called to mention that, Steve, because there are a couple of great points that I think sometimes we forget about libraries. Um, most towns have libraries, and we we often forget to that that is a wonderful point of entertainment. Um, In libraries, they have uh, connected technology also, but just to teach a child the love of a book and the love of reading. And um, Steve uh, was allowed, which is very, very important. If you want to teach your child the love of reading, allow them to pick out something to read that they're really interested in. And I think a lot of those, a lot of teachers are finding that if they have a very large possible uh, required reading list so that a child who maybe is interested in science and interested in the factual stuff and they're not going to read an imaginary book, then they can read something that's more factual. Whereas if you have a child who's very interested in all kinds of imaginative things, they may be much more interested in a different kind of book. So if you can open the child's world up into the love of reading if you allow them to choose instead of Telling them that they what they have to read, and you heard Steve. It sounds like he filled a lot of summer time up with reading. Um, and when you read, if you are reading something you really love, you read. I know I do this. I might read, and then after I've finished reading, I still sometimes will think about the book, think about maybe a scene in the book, or think about how neat it would be to see the particular area that I read about. So that's a great suggestion, to incorporate reading, but not just handing a child a book to read, but say, here, Let's go and pick out something that you really would like to read and to have things a little bit loose so that they're able to figure out what they want to do on their own. Um, Very important. So Steve had a, a good suggestion from his childhood. Please give us a call and let us know what what you did as a child or perhaps what you think might be a good idea to stimulate the brain as we're still enjoying our summertime and the laziness and the creativity of that. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at org. So I'm going to just mention a few things that I think is always, um, a few things that are always very important. Um, Try hard to put the technology away. I know we talk about that all the time, but I just said it earlier in the show. Using technology is typically a left-brain activity. It's not a creativity activity. And so it's something that you need to learn to detach your child from. So, um, and and don't let them replace it with a, the phone or a TV. Um, but, but with maybe um, some art supplies or maybe with that book we were talking about or maybe with a project that they can build. You know, there's so many things that, that you can come up with that do not cost a lot of money. Um We did our mommy and dad man camp um, with six of our grandchildren a couple of weeks ago, and we worked very hard to make sure that there was very little movie or TV time. We did go see a movie one of the five days that they were with us, but we also had creativity projects. They painted their own letters of their names. They um, tie-dyed t-shirts. Yeah, that was a mess. Um, (laughs) You know, they can do so many different things as you're moving along so put that technology away and come up with some other ideas um what about this we didn't do this but what about having everybody create their own poem um learning how to rhyme could be something fun uh to do Um, The other thing as you're moving along, trying to stimulate the brain a little, everybody has to do shopping trips. So as you're shopping for those school supplies or maybe shopping for groceries or the like – you can turn those things into, those trips, into math moments. Um, you know, you can, how many of you parents out there can really do head math anymore? We all had have had calculators all of our lives, and now everybody uses their smartphones for that kind of thing. But um, to practice, to, to talk to your child about how to use a little bit of that head math um, and see who can come up with the answer more quickly as you're adding items up. That might be something that your child can beat you at, or may, you, or maybe you can perform for them and let them be amazed at how wonderful you still are with that. So that might be an opportunity. The other opportunity um, is here's another just thought. When you're going shopping for school supplies, for example, you can say, you have this much money. Now, I want you to go forth... Think about the supplies that you need or go over this supply list. I want you to pick out the items and I want you to let me know how many items that you can get for this amount of money. Very important to start involving your child into the responsibility. That can be kind of a fun thing. They get to make some choices themselves without you telling them what they have to have. And it can still be a learning experience, right? So let's go back to the phone. Uh, We have Lauren in Jackson who maybe has a suggestion for us. Good morning, Lauren. Thanks for calling.
5: Hey, good morning, Dr. Butchers. I have a five-year-old. He's my oldest. He'll be starting kindergarten in August. Um, He is not reading yet, but he does know his letters. Uh, We practice letters in the bathtub with those foam cutout letters. Yeah. Um, But do you have any suggestions for me to make sure he's ready to start kindergarten
2: oh absolutely and see this is a thanks for asking that lauren there there there's several things that you can do and i think it's really important to make sure that as much as especially entry into kindergarten is such a very important time for a child because as you enter kindergarten or first grades those lower grades can um, sort of set the stage on whether or not you enjoy school for the rest of that child's life. So some some simple things. Yes, to, to practice letters, phone letters, great idea. Um, if you're at the beach, practice letters in the sand. Uh, take a big stick and start um, writing those letters Uh in the, in the sand is an idea. Taking shaving cream, and this is something that kids always love. And, yes, it's messy, so you just have to get ready, get outside, um, take shaving cream, and just spray a big blob on, and then let the child... Um, form the letters with their forefinger um, is a good thing to do. Just to get to the used to making the movement for the shape, for the S or the C or the L or whatever, and and then you can move into writing. Um, here's another thought: How many people use chalk sidewalks, um, chalk the sidewalk chalks, um, to pull those out? Let a child write on the sidewalks and on the concrete to practice letters. It doesn't have to be a sit down task that a child has to do for 30 minutes. I hear parents a lot of times saying, okay, we're going to study for 30 minutes every day of the summer. Well, 30 minutes sounds like such a short time in a 12-hour day, right? But the reality of it is it sounds horrible to a child. But if you turn it around and just say, okay, we're going to go outside and... um, Right on the sidewalks, we're going to practice writing your name or whatever, or drawing pictures. All of that can be a fun task. And so I would encourage you, lauren to to try to work with your little guy on anything that he finds fun. You know, if he doesn't want to write it with a big fat pencil, have him write it with a crayon or maybe take out some finger paints and write those letters with finger paints. There's so many different things that you can do that are fun and they don't really have to cost a lot of money. You can get an old cardboard box and let him practice letters all over the box. Um, You could get some old um paper sacks and have them um, practice on paper sacks anything that makes it fun um, is the better way to go and then um, the old I uh, spy game here's one more thought is is really again I you know, um, Or trying to do the the letters of the alphabet as you're going down the street. Who sees, you know, start with the ABCs and who can identify the letter A first on a sign, on a road sign, or in the house, on packaging, in the pantry, or whatever. There's so many things. If you just let your mind go and think about all the different things that you can do to make learning fun, it's kind of easy. So, Lauren, I hope I gave you a few suggestions, a few tips on what to do. Yes, thank uh, you. Okay, well, thanks for calling. So, as we're moving along, I, I I would love to hear from other of you out there who maybe your teachers who are off and if you would give us a call and what you would like for our parents to start doing with their children to try to help them be prepared. Uh, do that for us. Give us a call at one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. I know there are many teachers out there right now who are just going, oh, please get your kids ready. So you give us a call and let us know what you would recommend for parents out there to do as we're moving forward. All right, let's get those kids ready for school. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back.
3: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we're talking about preparing your child for entry back into the school. And what can you do? How can you keep that brain from being completely asleep? Um, we've, we've talked about several different things, but we want to hear from you. I'm reaching out to teachers, too, to help us along with how to prepare a child, how to continue to engage the brain. It doesn't have to mean reviewing everything they went over in school last year, but to just work in a way to make sure that a child continues to have that joy of learning and uh, at the same time allowing some downtime for creativity so that we're developing both areas of the brain. So we're going to keep talking about the different ways, but I want to go back to uh, the phone line. We have Debbie and Wesson. Good morning, Debbie. Thanks for calling. Good
0: morning. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. As both a mother and a grandmother and someone who is over 60 years old, But never a a licensed teacher. Uh Every mother and grandmother is a teacher.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: The best thing that I can say that I learned from the time those children are very, very small, before they enter nursery school in preparation for kindergarten, and then even after that, put things down on their eye level so they can really see them whether you put them along a hallway Uh or along a wall in their room, make them interesting to them, throw a few things in there that they need to learn, make it fun, and just let it be on their eye level. Because as adults, we stand a lot taller than they do they.
2: What a great suggestion. And I I think that that you are absolutely right. So many times um, we have lots of, art on our walls, or we have books on bookshelves that are really great. Even our children's books sometimes are stored in places that a child couldn't reach them if they want to be able to reach those books. so maybe, I mean,
0: even pictures of trees on the walls or fantastic artwork or whatever, if it's above their eye level, they're not getting a good view of it.
2: That's a, that's, so kind of, that is That is so with, simple. When they, when
0: they really sold manila paper cheaply in big packs, uh, I started off with that and magic markers and, you know, small and capital letters and then also in cursive letters and pictures of the animals they liked and pictures of the trees they liked and then other little right. cheap prints of something Michelangelo did or, you know. Whatever.
2: And, and then you can talk about that with them. So you have those things displayed and then when you see them gazing at it, what a great teachable moment to just engage in conversation. That can start very young. Absolutely. So, right? So Absolutely. Just put
0: put things on their eye level so you yeah. can really get a good view
2: of them. Yeah. And and not necessarily um, the you just mentioned uh putting a painting uh, by Michelangelo up there. I mean, there's so many great artists who I think might appeal to children, and you could talk to them about it and let them recognize that. Debbie, I think the eye-level thing is such a good idea that is one of the most simplistic ideas mentioned. Well, you Um, you
0: know, people did not get married and have children to impress their friends with fancy things. (laughs) They got married and had children because they really wanted to be a mom
2: or a dad. Yeah, yeah. So live it up in that <laughs> well Debbie We're thanks for calling <laughs> yeah yeah well so keep it simple and and you know the the books should be in a basket or on a low shelf that the child can get to as should pictures that you want them to look at and appreciate and any other manipulative I think oh,
0: well, I, my house looked so tacky because I had so much stuff taped on the bottom of my walls.
2: It sounds like you're a really dedicated mother, Debbie. Well,
0: Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate
2: that suggestion.
0: Also, one other thing I also did, I bought a really cheap keyboard. Uh And before I bought that, I started, I I did play piano. And, of course, they would sit at the piano with me and be fascinated by it. But I started putting little tiny manila paper things on their level, on the wall again, so that not only were they learning at the keyboard, then they were seeing some of how, what they had seen in my book and the little things that they had been able to pick up, and then they got their own little keyboard, and so that's how they got into the music
2: and we all know music is really really good for brain development it too is a, another develops another area of the brain and there's a lot of research looking at the value of music and how enhancing it can be for even learning so but it was just another great suggestion
0: i mean if they wanted to sit down and rest or they wanted to walk by something it it was it was just reinforcing it what was they there. were already interested in and who wanted to learn anyway.
2: Right, right.
0: And, and maybe what they had questioned and opening up a few little things. And if they weren't interested in it, they weren't going to do it.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, another Debbie suggestion of getting out musical instruments right now. They don't have to. It doesn't. doesn't she said a cheap keyboard. It could be a Morocco. Oh, well, I think I it could that. be hey, a hey, harmonica. It could be a drum. It could be almost anything. We have a whole big basket of little fun musical instruments. And we, we when we get together with the kids, um, we often play music. I just think it's so good. And let them learn songs. So there's another thing to do that doesn't involve technology and doesn't involve a lot of expense. You can find a lot of cheap fun musical instruments for little ones. so all right. well you had lots of good suggestions. Thanks Debbie. Let's go on. Um, we'll stay on the phones for a minute. Let's go to Timothy in Louisiana Timothy, thanks for holding.
4: Good day. Good I hope day you can hear me.
2: hear you great.
4: Okay, um, you know, exemplify the behavior you expect of your children. One of the things that I learned very early was seeing my parents study and read, you know.
1: Exactly. Um, whenever they
4: had an idea, the first thing they did was go to the library. I mean, I, I can I you cannot stress this strong enough. I've never been without a library card, and it's been a a boon to my life, you know. Um, and, um, you know, here's another thing: art can be borrowed from your library, too.
2: Right. Exactly.
4: You know, so, yeah. So, you know, um, and uh, libraries now have so many levels, okay? They're uh-huh. like hoopla. So if you've got a home computer with a net access, you can download books and movies and music, you know. From your
2: library. Great suggestion. You can do- download all of that. And I again, I, I'm glad you're mentioning libraries again. I just want people to remember that those are wonderful resources for us and for our children. But Timothy, one thing you mentioned I want to reiterate, I uh, want to emphasize. You just said your parents were a great model, and that is what we have to remember. If we have our phones in our hands all the time or if we're plopped in front of a television or a computer all the time and and not engaging in interactive Um, activity or brain-enhancing activity, our kids are going to say, well, why should I do it if they're not? So we have to remember to be a model, be the good model, right?
4: I would would reinforce what the lady before was saying. We had two things that we did every week. I had five brothers, okay? Uh And we had a music night, and we had a round-robin reading night. This way, our parents could monitor how our reading was doing, you
2: know? uh-huh. and
4: this, like the, we would take turns selecting the book, you know, and um, you know we read through the whole book over several weeks, you know.
2: What um, great parents! Like the, yeah, the
4: youngest well, the youngest would read a, a paragraph, the next oldest a, a page, and you know, so on, and it, you know, they were able to get our understanding and our level and make sure we were on track you know
2: what great parents. I love the having a music night and a reading night and, yeah. and all that way. You kind of change it up, and it sounds like they allowed you to make choices, too, uh, yeah. which is really important. To get your children to engage and to really find the joy in the activities that you're doing, give them yeah. the opportunity to choose, right? To, yep. to make a decision, to help out with what's going to happen, it will allow them to learn that they have value and their thoughts have value. So Yes.
4: And it, you know, in first grade, we had a cigar box, and we carried our pencils and stuff to school. Did you all do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, when I was in third grade is when my real, dad really got strong on the music, I and mean, we turned all of our old cigar boxes into diddly bows, you know, two-string... Instruments.
2: Oh wow! A
4: cigar box and a stick and uh, a couple pieces of wire. You know, and
2: and those um, are the kinds of things that can can be so amazingly stimulated for children to learn that they can make their own instruments, no. their own toys, their own entertainment. You don't have yes. to buy everything, right?
4: Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, All right. Y'all have a groovy day. I love the show. <laughs> I love this Mississippi Public Radio. It's so much better than Louisiana Public Radio. Oh, it's like, oh, it's heaven.
2: <laughs> what know? an advertisement for us. Thank you, Timothy. Y'all have a groovy day. <laughs> you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, let's stay. We'll go to Lee in Cleveland. Good morning, Lee. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Tell us what your thoughts are. Everybody's had so many great suggestions. Do you have a suggestion or a question?
1: Well, um, I am a teacher. I've taught reading and writing Uh at middle school and at the high school level, And one of the things that I've really noticed with my students is a lot of times they're just not exposed to vocabulary that, you know, curriculum kind of deems age-appropriate or grade-level appropriate. And one way that I think parents could help with that, and I know other callers have mentioned, is just reading with your child. And even at an early age, if they can't read – Finding things that they are interested in, if it's sports, if it's, you know, comic book characters, any kind of reading that they do is going to make such a huge impact. And getting them to a point where they enjoy reading makes such a difference. So if your child loves baseball, get them to look up information about a favorite baseball player or a favorite baseball team or find an article and read it with them and ask them, okay, well, this team is doing really successfully. What do you think that's, you know, because of? Is it practice or is it this player, you know, has had a great season? Are they, you know, stepping in for somebody else? Are they new and they want to prove themselves? And those kinds of critical thinking questions that don't have to necessarily be academically based are going to help them in school to think about cause and effect and character development and plot, all of those things that are so essential to reading development skills.
2: Wonderful suggestions. And, and like you mentioned, I think so important to engage with them like Debbie said earlier at their level but allow them to you just said it again let them pick out something they're interested in and then you can be sure that they're going to try to read about it and if they can't they'll want you to read to them to them exactly. about it right So, great, great suggestions. Um, Lee, while I have you on the phone, I just want to ask you a quick question. I was just, as we were talking about different activities, it seems to me that often kids have a lot of trouble with fractions, math fractions um, in school, the concept and all. And it, it occurred to me that letting a child help you cook and doing the measurements and pulling out the measuring cups and all might be a good activity um, to help with fractions. What do you think? Do you think that might be something good to do?
1: I think that's a great idea. I actually used to do that with my nephew when he was younger, because again, um, I know somebody mentioned earlier, like using the sidewalk chalk for letters. If it's fun and it doesn't feel like work to them they're going to be more engaged with it so you can talk about well if we make these muffins or we make these cupcakes and we need one cup of flour what if we wanted to make more for grandma make a double
2: batch right yeah and
1: so you know those kinds of opportunities present themselves i don't have kids but um they present themselves all the time when you're with children so figuring out How to make those teachable moments is really just a great idea, and there's so many ways that you can do
2: it. Yeah. Well, Lee, thanks for calling, and and I know thank you for teaching. It sounds like you are a wonderful teacher, and our kids out there who have the honor of having you are quite lucky. So thanks, thanks again. All right, I think if it's okay, Jay, we'll go ahead and stay on the phones. Yeah, he's nodding at me, so we'll go to Joseph um, in Pope, Mississippi.
6: It's a fun math problem. You have to decide who you tell this to, but if they smile after they realize the answer, then you know you activated them. So a baseball bat and a ball cost a dollar ten cents. Most people say $0.10. Cents. Well, how do you solve it? Well, just let the ball cost $0.10 cents then. That means the bat has to cost a dollar more. That means the bat has to cost a dollar ten cents. But no, a dollar ten cents is what they cost together. So ten cents is too much. Let's try nine cents. It won't work. Let's try eight cents. It won't work. Seven cents. It won't work. Six cents. It won't work. Five cents. Ah, let the ball cost a nickel. And a dollar plus a nickel is a dollar five. So a dollar five plus five is a dollar ten. You just solved it by trial and error. You said we freeze up. How to get them to not freeze up? try something if it doesn't work to try something and if it doesn't work to try something it doesn't work
2: that's and that's just challenging their mind so joseph we missed the very first part of what you were telling us about um for some reason we didn't hear the very beginning so the very beginning is just coming up with as as you're shopping for something to to talk about when things are together, we you start that just for us.
6: Baseball bat and a ball cost a dollar ten cents together.
2: Oh, okay, got it. So, how much it, does
6: the ball cost if the bat cost a dollar more?
2: Got it. Well, see, now that's a great a great learning game a great head game to practice that's pretty simple you know that you can do with you can do that with a 5 year old um you can do that with a 6 year old and as as they get older you can you can do much more complex problems than that as you're working through and it sounds like um joseph um is just engaging in a learning game without anybody really knowing that it is, is really reinforcing what learning they did in school. And I think if we would just remember that there are all kinds of learning moments, teachable moments out there for our children, if we would just allow ourselves to relax think about it make things fun so because it doesn't it doesn't take somebody who is a trained teacher it doesn't take you don't have to be a parent by the way to engage in these teachable moments with young individuals and there's some children who don't have parents who are the models but have other people in their lives who are the, the ones who help with those, those learning times. So remember, if you're out there listening to this and thinking that, yeah, I don't have kids, I'm not a teacher, so this doesn't pertain to me, it really does. It really pertains to every one of us because the way we end up with individuals who will be wonderful individuals to sustain our state to sustain our country who are able to hold down a good job they've got to learn at the beginning that it's fun to learn and and how that learning can be reinforced so read talk talk Do whatever you can to help uh, get those kids ready. Um, Get them off the couch. Get them outside. At the same time, they can be outside. They can be enjoying that swimming um, and still counting the number of rings they're pulling off the bottom of the pool. Or they can practice those letters in the sand. Or they can um, do hopscotch and count. Uh, How many people play hopscotch anymore? There's so many things that we don't do that were so fun and so creative that we've kind of lost over the years. I say we try to bring some of those fun, um, easy kid things back. And, um, and at the same time, understand that they can be uh, a learning piece. So... Um, Thanks. I just want to thank everybody for calling in today and giving your ideas. I'm sure there are many more ideas out there on what you can do for learning. And I would love it if you would send uh, those ideas in to uh, mpbonline.org to our Relatively Speaking Facebook page. Um, It's always fun to have those additional ideas even after the show. So if you only got part of this show and you want to hear more, please, um, you can listen on uh at mpbonline.org you can listen to our podcast on on any one of our shows and if you have any suggestions on what you would like for us to cover i'd love to hear from you sometime so feel free to offer any recommendations or suggestions so i want to thank you all for listening today on preparing your kids for the beginning of school and not letting those brains go to sleep um today's show was engineered by our producer Jay white our call screener was Michelle McAdoo I'm dr. Susan Buttress and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for relative relatively speaking and stay tuned for NPR's here and here and now coming up next on MPB think radio